Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Okay, Brandon, it's Faith Fridays. Time for us to reset, maybe grab our inner chi or chakra, whatever it is you want to do, and not use the bad words today. Uh, we once again turn to our good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation. You can find them at cac.org. Richard Rohr, did you get his email? He really is retiring. Like he's almost essentially, he lives at the. I think he's got, I mean, he's got cancer. I mean, I think he's like getting ready for the end. He is getting ready for the end, but like he had the executive director on and was like, basically said like, I'm not going to do anything anymore. You guys yeah, go for I it. I mean, good for him. Yeah, no, I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's, and it's our loss, but it's his game for sure. Well, he's got like 50 or 60 years of publishing stuff. I yeah. mean, he's not writing new meditations every morning for us. They're basically just <laughs> taking his 60 years worth of material. And uh, yeah, with- he's prolific. I mean, I, I do. I know that's not about what this show is about, but I, you, you, we talked a couple weeks ago or whenever it was when Bono uh, name checked him. And I, I've had, you have conversations with people like, oh, Roar, you know, especially when you talk to evangelicals, they'll like, Roar, he's blah, 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 he's a universalist. And I'm like, you know, you can say whatever you want about Richard Roar and you can not like what he's, what he's putting forward, but you cannot argue with his desire to help people. Like you might say, well, he's steering them wrong, whatever, but his, his desire to serve is pretty incredible. Like his breadth of work and travel and everything that he's done. I'm just, I hope that at the end of my life, honestly, that I can look back and say, hey, I, I did some good stuff in there and it made a difference in the world. I mean, that's all we can aspire to. And I, th- I feel like he's gotten there. Well, the only thing that I would like to add to that is he has 70 years of studying Jesus, God, the gospels, right? Right. Not married, no kids, lives in a hermitage in New Mexico. And I only say that to say, like, what did he want out of it? He just wanted the truth. I feel like what he tried over his years of life was to study and find what God truly means, Jesus, the whole thing, as opposed to an evangelical mega pastor, maybe Joel Osteen, who's got thousands of kids and private jets, and we know what he wants. He wants fame and money, whereas Richard Rohr just really, I mean, I know that's a bad example, but I do believe he just wanted the truth. Well, the other interesting thing about Roar that I think we can take as a model of how to sort of live is that when you look at his readings, even his early readings, you can see the transformation that's happened with him. Like he talks about a lot about being a young man in Kansas and kind of growing up. He didn't start out where he is now. He didn't like have this great revelation and then spend the next 70 years talking about it. This is a lifetime of study and work for Richard Roar. And what he's done so well is share his what he's learned with people like you and me. Because the truth is the reason why people like you and me really like him is because we too have kicked around for a long time. And I'm like, man, what is this all about? We've tried different faith experiences and gone to different churches and seen. I remember there was one point in San Francisco when we were living there. And that was when I was trying out my evangelical Christian life. Uh, You know, I'd been raised in a different tradition, non-evangelical. And I remember I was in this church and I was trying to figure it out. And someone said to me, hey, you know, there's, there are four mega churches in the Bay Area, and all four of them have had to remove their pastors for some sort of malfeasance. Like, at the, at the same time, like, affairs, financial malfeasance, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that's, that's awful. Now, again, I mean, it's not like the Catholic Church is, 
you know, mm. not had lots and lots of problems, mm. but it sort of mm. struck me as like, stop following these these religious leaders and start looking at what they got. Try to take the truth of what they say, but don't don't put them on a pedestal. It's it's that simple. I think there's too much in this world where we try to put, including Richard Rohr and Dominic yeah. Crossan and all these other people that we love. Don't put them on a pedestal. Richard Rohr is just a dude. He would be if he was sitting here with us right now. He'd say, "I'm just a guy." who's gone through life and God has blessed me with some things or whatever. Yeah. And that's the reason why I love Roar because he's not, and, and Merton and other people like that, Henri Nouwen. I mean, when you read Henri Nouwen books, that dude is constantly self-doubting himself in his writing, saying, man, I, I'm just doing the best I can. And yet somehow you see this glimpse of truth in it. And it, it brings me great hope when I see people like Roar and Nouwen and others who kind of confess their own brokenness, whereas I don't ever hear any of these megachurch pastors honestly confess broken. They'll do it in a crocodile tears way, but they'll never honestly say, hey, man, I'm just I'm just barely hanging on here. You just don't ever hear it. I feel like you're here uh, taking a slight dig at Joel Osteen, but we'll move on um, <laughs> from that. Uh, let the, Richard Studding is doing a series called The Hebrew Prophets. Today's uh, title is Mercy, Justice, and Walking Humbly. We're going biblical. Micah six. Going to Micah six eight. We get biblical. You have been told, O oh mortal, what is good and what Yahweh requires of you to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. People have literally written series of books on this. We're Psalms. only going to do the. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, walk humbly. I wish Finger were here. <laughs> we're only going to follow the. We're going to follow up on the third part of that. Hot walking humbly. All right. What he says in in, in Micah eight six. Howard Thurman. Uh, this was in the, actually in the 1900s. He says, how do you walk humbly with God? How do you do? How do you walk humbly with anybody? By coming to grips with who I am. What I am as accurately and as fully as possible, a clear-eyed appraisal of myself. And in light of the dignity of my own sense of being, I walk with God step by step as God walks with me. This is I with my weakness and my strength, my abilities and my liabilities. This is I, a human being myself. And it is that that God salutes. So that the more I walk with God and God walks with me, the more I come into a full orb significance of who I am and what I am. That is to walk humbly with God. That is a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. So what I feel like what he's saying here is God made us, each person, so that we could figure out who we are. Yeah, well, that's the whole purpose. it's, It's an interesting thing when he says that, God just wants us to, yeah, exactly, yeah, to figure out who we are. God just wants us to walk as we are with God, and then God will walk as we are with him and or her or it or whatever. And it's it's just a, I said, how do you walk humbly with anybody? What Who I am, what I am as accurately and as fully as possible. So like to be as open, we, I started, you know, talking about these pastors that don't sort of really open themselves up, that the truth is finding that, way to open yourself up and be honest about who you are is the hardest thing here here's one of these things that uh, i think sort of at least for me sort of typifies this idea of how bad i am at this is that what i am called to do by the gospels is to love my neighbor as myself to forgive people for things i have such a hard time forgiving people i'm like well i could forgive that person but I'm not forgiving that person, right? And it's it's I, when I think about like you know people that cut me off in traffic, I'm like, ah, I hope your car explodes in a fire crash. What I really should be doing is saying, 
I recognize that I am mad because of external factors or whatever. They're out of my control. But I am called to love that person regardless. That is a hard task. And that is what it means to walk humbly with God. Humble is a really interesting word. Uh, I only say that because they talk about Steph Curry a lot. You know, as the famous Warriors basketball player. When you ever hear him talk, he is like he's one of the greatest basketball players that ever lives. And he says, I work hard and I got lucky. And when you hear some people talk about success, they like, I did it all. I bootstrapped it by myself. I made. And so you have perspective, real perspective of how your life came to be. People say to me all the time, like, I truly am like the luckiest guy. My 5'10 white guy who had parents who loved him, walked through the world, happened to find a woman. By the way, want to have some sex. Had <laughs> three kids. They popped out. Like, it was all luck. How do you frame where you got to your place in life? Was it you bootstrapping yourself or was it luck or the universe? What is it? Perspective of who you are. Well, I don't know if you have to look at it as luck necessarily. Some people would say that's Providence or whatever, but it doesn't matter. No, it it really doesn't matter. It's the understanding that we have often very little to do with the situation in life we're in. And it's recognizing that and being grateful for where we are is what's important. Instead of saying, you know, I'm the greatest basketball player. I mean, obviously Steph Curry worked hard to get there. And obviously he spent millions of hours shooting basketball to become the greatest shooter ever in the history of the NBA, right? I mean, there's very few people who would argue that he's not the greatest shooter. And yet he says that, you know what? Steph Curry is a Christian. He was raised in a Christian family. He probably, well, no, but he probably has some sense of being humble and, and showing humility. So that's what I'm saying is like, when we recognize that all we are is luck, providence, whatever, and we could just say, hell, you know what? I'm just grateful to be here in whatever form that takes. That's walking humbly with God. I think that's the true challenge. I mean, but uh, to me, that requires like having a little bit of, hey, there's something bigger than me out there, right? Because think about uh, I mean, how many times in your life, Brandon, like has your, could your life gone in 5,000 different directions? The world, my path, my journey, man, it has been so fickle. It could have gone a thousand different directions. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Ironically, you and I have been friends for long enough. I, when I first saw you, you were frosted tips, dude, yeah. showing up with your lady, and it was awkward, and you didn't know if you were going to be married, and she didn't know if she liked yeah. you, and all this stuff happened, and then everybody was like, that guy is a weirdo, and whatever, and then the next thing you know, 20 years later, you're the father with three great kids, married to a great wife. I'm just saying that it could all end up differently. We could all go a different way. We could all end up with a different person. I mean, you know, it's that, it's that silly movie, Sliding Doors. Step through one door and one thing happens. Step through another door and another thing happens. And you were saying that movie that you referenced recently that won the, or is up for the Academy Everything Award. always at the same time. Whatever that is. I haven't seen it yet. But it's like that idea that the choices we make have a difference, but we're not always in control of those choices. Kids don't choose to be in a, a broken home, in a foster home. Right? They don't choose, you don't choose to be wealthy or poor. That's something, it's genetic lottery, man. You win it or you don't. And so that's why when I talk, when I hear people talk about how they earned it, I'm like, whatever. You want a genetic lottery. I want a genetic lottery. You want a genetic lottery. Well, you know, that's so funny you say that because you think about AA, right? You lose the genetic lottery when you're predisposed for a disease like alcoholism or drug abuse, right? Right? There's nothing you could have done about that. And I love that the first step is like realizing that there's something bigger than yourself. And you're not to blame for what got passed to you. 
Right, absolutely. My brother was 37 years old when he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He was an incredibly gifted athlete, never smoked a day in his life. Just yeah. I, no reason he should have ever got lung cancer. He did, and he died, and he left behind a one-year-old. I mean, it's tragic, but it wasn't like he chose that. Nobody yep. chooses that thing. And so, but being able to recognize it, I remember when he was getting near the end, his ability to sort of look at the world and say, hey, this is the hand that I was dealt, and it sucks. But this is where I am in my in, in the world, and I'm like, man, I hope that when I get to the end, I talked about recently I had the flu, and you know, getting sick just makes you realize how grateful you are when you're not sick, when you feel better. And I think that those are the kinds of things to walk humbly with God is just to walk with God, just to take one foot and put it in front of the other and do the best you can. And quit trying to be relevant. Quit trying to pretend that you're better than somebody else or whatever. It's not that, I mean, like I said, Steph Curry, that dude could buy the world, but he doesn't because he is different, right? He chooses to walk humbly. Now, do I know that Steph is humble? I have no idea. I don't really care. He seems that way. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the only person that matters is Steph Curry to Steph Curry, right? I mean, Steph Curry's in his own head. You're in your own head. I'm in my own head. So we, we, when, we, when we wake up in the middle of the night, we're alone with our thoughts. That's all that really matters. So I, I, do, I love this reading. I love Richard Rohr. I am sorry that he's retiring, but I wish him a happy retirement. All right, so did we name it and claim it today? We went biblical on everybody with the Micah 6-8. Like, should we get the name it and claim it shirts, Brandon? I think we should. I go prayer Jabez. Let's do it. God, thank you for teaching me today and Brandon.